fuck's sake. So have I fucked it? Is the whole thing fucked? Episode 10, season one of Future Sounds FM. We're back from a mammoth trip to America. Well, most of us are anyway. And who'd have thought that we'd have made it not through only that, uh, but also through a whole series of this podcast. We can call it a day there if you like. That's... <laughs> no. There'll right, be more. Well, yeah, there'll be more. We'll be back after a very short break. No, anyway, um, it's, it's myself, Enzo, as ever, joined by Patrick Fakeman. Uh, Tom Hoskin, a.k.a. Wichita Limewire, a.k.a. Half of Donor Lens, a.k.a. One Third of uh, Three Piece Sweets. I'm running out of... What, what are the other ones? Yeah, that's enough. There's more, but that's enough. Yeah, and uh, and my brother, Jay, who we rarely get involved for podcasts because he's a little bit shy sometimes. But <laughs> we've managed to pull him out of retirement for this one. You've been um, waiting on the end of the phone for a call that the baby number two's arrived, but not yet. So we've got you for now. Not yet. If I if I dip out of the conversation, you'll know what's going on. Well, it point. could be that, or it could be that just you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a special guest as well. Uh, one, of, one of my favourite uh, more soft artists, one of my favourite Vaporwave artists. He's an amazing guy. He helped us hugely, not only in New York uh, from a production point of view, helping us to be efficient and organise interviews and, you know, hook up with the many many artists that we had to do but he also um took us around some of the best places to eat and drink in la and he's just a great guy limo it's great to have you with us mate how you doing what's up boys nice to talk to you guys nice to see you guys it's been a while it's been a couple of weeks mate yeah, and i already miss you guys Shit. yeah it's no same same and you you've been throwing a plastic disc around this morning over there have you yeah man just just got done with the round here in huntington beach uh now I'm just running the errands. Got work later. Chill day today. Your life sounds just nice, sounds, it it? sounds so much more glamorous. Like mm. I don't know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's horribly grey here in the UK at the minute. And I, it was only a couple of weeks ago when we were with you in in sunny Los Angeles, where the thermometers hit over a hundred degrees every day that we were there. And I, I'd be surprised if it's forty or fifty here. Like. I'm not, I can't do the quick maths for the, the conversion from Celsius to Fahrenheit, but it's pretty, pretty cold here now, to be fair. We're heading into autumn. You are down on the coast as well, aren't you? So that adds a little bit of uh, shiver to your timbers. Yeah, but he's down on the coast, Limo. Limo's on the yeah. coast. Yeah. yeah. It does the opposite. Yeah. In Southern California, it's like 82, 80 degrees. I don't know what that is in Celsius, but, That's you know, bad. not a cloud in the sky today. It's perfect. It's just perfect. Can I, I want to come over again. I just miss it. Yeah, all. We, it is what it is. Not a, not as crazy when you guys were. When it was, when you guys were here, it was like 100, 102. It's never like that. Just you guys brought the weather with you guys. It's weird. Well, we were saying everyone was everyone was everyone was telling us about our heat wave in the UK because we had a crazy one for a few days, but that hit 100 plus in LA for well over a week. It was mad. It was mm. if we didn't have a pool at the Airbnb, which we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the America trip later on in the pod. But if we didn't have that pool, I think I'd have just melted withered into a, a pile on the floor a pile of useless nothingness but um that's a chat for another another show um limo what we normally do is we throw people straight under the bus and ask them if they've got any tracks to recommend um what have you been listening to mate yeah i mean i've been listening to a lot of new music lately uh just absorbing a lot of music um trying to get inspired and i haven't really been listening to too much vaporwave there, there's only been a couple newer vaporwave albums that have come out in the last few months that really listen to but 
been looking for more artists that are kind of unknown and newer newer tracks to maybe work with later and uh one of my buddies posted a new artist not really new but she just hasn't really had any shine and her name is liddy baton uh an artist from america i don't know i'm hearing she's in la now but she's coming she started in austin i believe in texas and uh She's got a real weird sound. It's very similar if you've heard of 645AR. It's got that squeaky, squeaky kind of high pitched sound. But she has a. She started in 2019, so it's it's prior to 645AR, which is interesting. And she's really a combination of 645AR and uh, Beyonce, if you can feel that. And uh, the track I really like is uh, it's called Cyclone and. The beat on it is just so deep. It's just so heavy. And even the lyrics are really good. It, it, she just definitely deserves a lot more shine. You know, like I said, only 200 monthly listeners on Spotify. But it's really pushing it now. So I, I definitely see some longevity in her career. Cool tracks to definitely listen to. Thanks for that share. Um, Patrick, what have you been listening to, mate? Quite a lot, actually. I've had a bit of time um, in between work, in between trips. Um, We'll talk about it in a bit, but I think I'm still running on an Electronicon 3, not hangover, but I guess you could say um, exploration and still can't quite figure out what I experienced, but ultimately knowing that it was a really good time. And um, one of them was inevitably the Death Star Alex Shroud set that we watched sort of early in the evening. And in terms of for the pod, I was playing around, like, do I go with something classic? Do I go with something a little bit more recent? But then, of course, I realized that uh, the guy's new album comes out, as we're recording this, is on the 22nd. Their new album comes out tomorrow, 
<laughs> I think they're doing a premiere on their. They got a live live stream tonight, so 11 p.m. Eastern, so 4 a.m. tomorrow morning for us. While I'm getting my uh, my shut okay. eye. Yeah, same, same, same. Because they've released a few of the tracks. This is where you pick a track. I was going to pick. I had a feeling you were going to do this, so I had a I had a backup oh, just no. in case. But I think they've already had three or four of the tracks available to sort of pre-listen while the vinyl pre-orders were open. Yeah, so given the fact that that new album is out tonight slash tomorrow, I went with the opening um, track from the album, which is uh, Judgment Bolt. Big, heavy tune, really great, really enjoyed it. I think certainly it, I'll be interested and in looking forward to knowing what the rest of the album sounds like because, you know, it's quite, what, what are we looking at? I'm looking at it now. It's a 15 track album that's coming. So, and I know those guys do some quite lengthy albums. So, given the stuff that's come out so far, and some of it's quite different. Um, I'll be interested to see what the rest of it looks like when we can hear it tomorrow. But yeah, my track for this pod is Judgment Bolt by DDS. Yeah, that was that's a massive track. I mean, I, that was the one I was going to pick. Uh, right. To be fair, Martin, but apologies. No, 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 no. I mean, I listened. To, I don't know if any of you guys saw Pitchfork have already done a review of the album today. So yeah, quite yeah. favourable. Yeah, seven seven point four out of ten, which is which is a good a good review. It's a solid review, and they're playing the Pick, Pitchfork show in uh, London in November. I think it's November, isn't it? The week that we it's we've November got the tenth, I believe. Is it that's 10? right. That's right. And it, it is interesting, the reviews, the, the way Pitchfork see it is that they're breaking out beyond their Vaporwave roots into kind of a maximalist uh, pop uh, direction. And I don't know what, uh, Tom, you're more of a genre studier than, than I am. I don't know what you make of, of that. I mean, it's certainly... They probably I, agree with it, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. And that's certainly the vibe we got when we spoke to George was that 
um, if we spoke to them, one of the reasons that they may or may not, and it might be the reason they did or might be the reason they didn't want to be involved ultimately in, in the film would be because they don't necessarily define themselves as vaporwave, you know, in that sense. They're quite happy to be seen as and understood as that by people. Mm. If that's how you feel about it, then that's okay. But I don't think they ever really identify themselves now as, as vaporwave artists, which is quite interesting and perhaps shows the direction some of the bigger artists in the scene are heading, which is to try not to be pigeonholed. I don't know. I don't know what you think. They definitely have the the same kind of sensibility, this kind of interest in sample sample digging, interest sure. in, inter in internet culture and gaming culture. And, you know, they've kind of served their apprenticeship, like making Vaporwave proper, haven't they? And releasing on, you know, proper Vaporwave labels like Dream Catalog and stuff. Um, so I don't think they're having their cake and eating it by using Vaporwave as a, as a marketing term or like allowing their fans to kind of do that. But... Um, you know, they, they, calling them calling them vaporwave isn't very. I don't know. It's almost false advertising, isn't it? If you say, "Oh, there's this great vaporwave act," and then you you listen to their music, and it's like basically uh, hyperpop prog rock. You know, mm. I think if you liked it back in the day, you'd still like what we've heard of the new album so far. The stuff that's there to listen to, there's still as, as much in their sound. But I think you're right. If you were to say yeah. this is a vaporwave act, and then people to go and search for other vaporwave, they might be surprised to find quite quickly how different all the different acts are, you know, like they're not like, they're not a uh, archetypal vaporwave sound that you'd hear replicated in many other no. uh, artists. Maybe Enrail does a little bit of that glitchy kind of sampling and stuff like that. Limo, are you yeah. a big fan of DDS? Have you listened to much of their stuff lately? Yeah, I mean, definitely interested in how, uh, I'm more interested in their, their work process and uh, the workflow and what that looks like in Ableton and, and what those files look like, you know, it, it, <laughs> I really just wonder what kind of tricks they've learned because it's an amalgamation of three heads, you know, and there's mm. not really that many uh, vaporwave artists that are duos or, or, you know, three pieces. There's really not many. It's usually one person and their ideas to, so, to see how they flow through all those ideas and, you know, who's taking the reins on what. And just to see those files would be really, really interesting for me personally. I do love their stuff. I love Live in Japan. That's my favorite mm. DDS album. Um, it just has a little bit of everything, but yeah, they're definitely next level right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to see the arguments. <laughs> the <creative> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, if you look at you, the one I think Tom, you're the one who showed me the uh, the uh, Venn diagram, and we've had that. We've we brought this up in the pod numerous times. The Venn yeah. diagram about who's involved in what albums. Like, there's only a couple where they're all involved, or maybe even just just the one, perhaps, where they're all involved. Two, two, two. Yeah. But, I think um, I think I think this 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 new one is 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 number two. Whether okay, or, yeah. I think or maybe I'm wrong. I I'm, I'm not, I'm not but sure. also as much as what Limo just said there about seeing the files, it's watching them live. And you were there beside us in the uh, Electronicon show, David. And it's interesting to see how they bring that stuff to the real world. Mm. It was it was really brilliant. I would say their their set was one of the only sets that I saw the entire set. Yes, yeah, right. Uh, right, there there exactly. weren't many that I really that I wanted to even walk away from. There was a couple, but you know that was really that one and the luxury elite were probably the only two sets I saw the entirety of because I just couldn't I couldn't walk away. I just so, was missing. I well, missed something. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was it was it was hard. It was hard because you don't want to walk away from these things. But when you've got two conflicting artists that you want to see at the same time, it's like how do you choose? I guess the only the only happy middle ground is to kind of see a bit the beginning of one and the end of the other, or you know right. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it would definitely be some hard choices to be made. 
let's come back to Electronicon a bit later on in the podcast then. Um, Tom, you probably had more time than anyone else to listen to music, or am I mis, uh, misreading? Yeah, your, I mean, your... I've, I've had like I've had a, a really long summer at home just with, with my boy. I've been on, it's not really paternity leave, I just haven't been working, but um, in terms of music stuff, I, I managed to find time to get the, the Wichita LimeWire album out. Um, and yeah, like happy with, with the response to that so far. It seems to be, people seem to be enjoying my silly record about MySpace and Mega Upload. So yeah, um, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's out in the open. And that's gone down really well. And and your tapes, the two versions of the tapes, one inspired by the uh, the, My, the MySpace side of things. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other one with the more, with the classic mega upload cover. I think, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, have I told you which one's more popular? It seems the MySpace one ever so slightly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, I like the, the mega upload one's really clean and minimal and the, the MySpace one is just like, just total visual overloads, like a badly designed MySpace page, it. like, a, you know, good page should be well we were talking about this because the tapes only came a couple of days ago and we got them packed up and shipped out but um jay was saying to me about how it's actually amalgamation of several different eras of myspace like it's not yeah yeah like the the sort of layout of the page wouldn't have actually existed in that form at any point but the way kira's pulled it together shouts to kira for that it's amazing yeah um but yeah it's um it took me back to a time and a place yeah for sure i mean like what what I'm trying to do with this project isn't like sort of bland kind of history or documentary work, you know, like it's, it's kind of, a, it's like, you know, that's what makes it Vaporwave. It's about capturing the spirit of an era and it's kind of celebrates some things and critiques others, right? Like I, I'm, I'm never interested in nostalgia for the sake of it, you know, member, member berries nostalgia. That's never interested me. It's not just like listing things that we've been, we might've forgotten about. I'm more interested in kind of, um, yeah, exploring that feeling, of, of, of things that you've forgotten, but also kind of critiquing them. Because I think it was actually a pretty naff, horrible time, really. Like there were, there were some, some, some things about the culture then that were kind of gross. And a lot of the music, like the chart pop stuff, like, you know, Black Eyed Peas stuff and all the stuff that was uh, produced by, um, what's he called? Dr. Luke, Kesha's producer, the, the kind of gross guy. Yeah, like all that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, like uh, so much of that stuff is trash. Like the TV was trash. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, it's not. It's not a period that I'm revisiting because I'm like totally fond of it. You know, I'm kind of actually interested in kind of uh, almost optimistically saying that there are there are elements of the present day which are better. You know, like I work with young people, and I think like despite the horrible climate, um, <laughs> horrible climate, you know, environmental horrible climate, <laughs> yeah, just horrible climate in terms of the news cycle. Like I think actually, like culturally, it's quite a nice time to be a young person. I think. Um, I think that there's interesting music being made and uh, yeah, like I think it does seem like a nicer time to be a young person than than the mid-noughties were in some ways. I mean, the one thing that's interesting and over time from running the two labels with my brother, I think I've started to think of Synthwave as being the one that kind of looks back nostalgically without putting any kind of um, critical thought into it. It feels mm, like that's yeah. just a, a, an optimistic um, whitewashing of the past. Yeah. And Vaporwave yeah. is that does the critical analysis or offers some it does sometimes it's it's uh, nostalgic in a positive sense but quite yeah. often it feels like vaporwave is willing to look back through the past darkly if that makes yeah sense. for sure i mean yeah i've, I've always thought that and i've but more recently i've been wondering whether that's quite like a blokey 
take on it? Because, you know, we spoke to Luxury Elite on, on this very podcast and we were like, you know, like, is your is your sort of brand of nostalgia kind of anti-consumerist, anti-capitalist, like blah, 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 all these kind of highbrow questions. She's like, no, nah, it's just fun. Like, I, I just make, I'm like, I enjoy nostalgia. Like, it's fun looking back on these times. It's fun revisiting it. It's good. I, like, I like things like that. It kind of forces me to check my more sort of, um, you know, academic or cerebral side, you know, music, music's sure. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah, your pick. Oh, yeah, okay. Talking about fun vaporwave that, like, maybe is slightly kind of uh, critical, but, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, there's a great record that's out on Pacific Plaza. Shout out Pacific Plaza Records. Um, the album is called Virtual Dreams, and the project's name is Virtual Soft Home. Um, and Virtual Soft Home is actually a collaboration between Polyglot and uh, Chiba City Blues. Um, I think Chiba City is actually appearing under the name Corporate Realities. Um, and this is one of those um, kind of like business, uh, office space, Windows 95 style utopian virtual albums, like in the spirit of some really great early stuff like Farside Virtual and Vectroid's kind of Prism Corp stuff. Um, this is really nice because it's executed in quite a slick way. Um, unlike some of that earlier stuff, which is fantastic, but like a little bit janky, a little bit highbrow, um, a little bit sort of artsy fartsy. Um, this, I'm not sure that's the word, um, but yeah, this this record's just a riot. It's like super clean. It's really evocative of these kind of bland corporate spaces and like the excitement of logging onto the you know the family computer, you know, loading in a CD-ROM and you know doing some learning with your interactive encyclopedia or whatever, like. Um, really captured the spirit at that time. So um, the track I'm pitching is uh, called Code Cubes. It's track three. Um, I think this is done exclusively by Corporate Realities. Um, although, you know, the stuff that Polyglot's done on his own and the stuff they did together also bangs. But yeah, Code Cubes, it's a really fun tune. Uh, kind of dance beat comes in. Um, interesting take. I've almost a vapor rave take on this kind of utopian virtual thing, which is pretty cool, pretty fresh.
soon as you shared it, I, I was grabbed by the art. And yeah. it was, it was when, when you said before, before we played the track, when you said about the far side virtual uh, callback, and that is exactly yeah. like that kind of, yeah, early internet math book kind of yeah. vibe that you get from FM Skyline and people like that as yeah. well. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I shout to Polyglot because he was at the first Future Sounds Live event, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think he'll be at the, the next yeah, one believe, as well. I believe he is coming, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, really, really talented, guys. It's a brilliant album, and it's well worth a listen. Again, as ever, with all of these, it'll be linked in the description. Uh, Jay, how are you doing? What have you been listening to, mate? I've been listening to quite a lot of different things. Um, not loads of Vaporwave, not lots of Synthwave. I've kind of been listening to quite, quite a lot of metal and stuff like that again recently, trying to, like... Um, to get back into some of the music I used to listen to when I was a bit younger. Anyway, the um, so the, so this is a track I'm going to play. I'm not going to say too much about it because I kind of feel like it's something you need to just listen to. It's quite hard to to explain what it is, like genre wise. It's got like bits of metal in it. Um, it's got like some trap production. I don't know. Like uh, I don't re- I don't really know how else to describe it. So uh, the artist is called Kubrick. He's a UK artist. Uh, he's a, he's one guy who plays with a band, but um, I think he produces all the stuff himself. Uh, and the tracks were painful. Love 
How did you come across the artist? That's the I first to, I've, I've heard the name and first I've heard the track. To be fair, uh, I went to I went to college with um, with uh, Sam, who is the is the producer. This uh, guy, yeah, that's the guy there. Um, they he, he was in a band who I was briefly briefly started with them when we were all in college. Um, who are called Shields? Who should check them out as well? They're absolutely fantastic. Uh, they've since split up, but um, and he started doing his own solo stuff. It's just all of it's great. Shields and Kubrick should listen to all of it. But yeah, Kubrick's just like it's like a, it, it, it's like really it's like quite extreme metal mixed with like pop music, mixed with trap music, like mixed with all these different things, kind of all just put together, and it just it's just. I don't know something that I've not heard ever before in my life, and it's, it's sick. Go and listen to it. Awesome. Uh, I yeah. reckon less uh, listeners are into stuff like Fire Tools will probably probably yeah. like this. It's it's, sure. it's like a pretty ex- extreme fusion, right? And yeah. Winter Quill, perhaps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, the track I because I was going to pick a DDS track, but um, I pu- I pulled out. But I can I I feel like the the track that I was the track I'm going to pick allows me to give a little reveal which will be interesting for people listening we're pulling together a compilation at the moment for nobody here which is working with some of the artists that we've interviewed uh during the making of the production and um the the principle behind it the idea behind it is to go back over some of the classic vaporwave tracks look at the samples that they used uh and uh put a new spin Mm. on, on those tracks so one of the tracks that we've been uh, listening to well one of the tracks we've had a remix done if you want to call it a remix a reimagination uh vanitas who's a belgian vaporwave producer who does a lot of art he did um he's doing some art for this compilation in fairness and he did the artwork for our gruten belgier album he did the art for the new late night delight he's a really talented visual artist but he's also a really talented producer and he's done a version of summer nights by esprit uh, which he's calling Sommernacht, which is Flemish for or Dutch for summer nights. So, um, but we're, I'm going to play the Esprit version, so I don't want to give away too much about the project. But we've got quite a lot of tracks. Uh, we've been working with artists, including uh, Cat System Corps, putting a track. We've got a Mesh track. We've got a Donor Lens track. There's a Three Piece Sweets track. There's going to be a Limo track. We've got N Rail working on something. Uh, Eve Exe. It's going to be. Uh, a really, really interesting project. It's a labor of love the way it's come together because it's quite hard to narrow down uh, some of the classics and find people who can put some a new spin on them, if that makes sense. You know, and a little spoiler, extra spoiler, there's a Lisa Frank 420 uh, spin mm-hmm. that's going to be on the album, which is going to be really cool, completely different version, unlike the, the original uh, entirely. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think the compilation is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so this track, yeah, this is uh, Summer Nights by Esprit. I've been listening to loads of Clanton stuff since I got back. I did happen to, I had the luck to be able to film literally on the stage while he was performing at Bay's show in LA, um, holding a VHS camera, uh, grabbing some really cool footage, which will hopefully make it into the film. Um, And yeah, I've always been really partial to his Esprit stuff, perhaps even more so than the solo stuff, although I've really dug back into that in the last week or so. But this is um, classic Vaporwave at its finest. It's Summer Nights, it's Esprit.
That was Summer Nights by Esprit, uh, and that's uh, an absolute classic. And it kind of takes, it might as well take us on to the the filming trip, uh, because not only did George put on Electronicon 3, which was amazing, um, he also played at uh, the, the Bay Show in LA. So we got a chance while we were in America, grabbing uh, the bulk of the film's interviews. Um, we got a chance to sample the, the vaporwave scene in its live sense. IRL um, on both the East Coast and West Coast. And it was quite interesting to see the crowds and the the, the vast numbers that, that attended the shows on both sides. So I guess we might as well start with the New York, the New York aspect of the trip. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, should I run through some of the interviews that we did? Because I think people might be interested in that. So, yeah, do I mean, we had we. I'll set the scene. We we flew into Brook. Uh, to, we flew into JFK. We had our Airbnb in in Brooklyn, which is where Electronicon was based. There was the tape swap the day before, but we obviously got there a few days early. You, you came along as well, Patrick. Um, and the aim was because there's all these artists flying across to that side of of the states. Um, to grab as many interviews as we can while we had the chance because the budget's tight. People probably look at a headline figure of 50 grand and forget about the cost of producing the merch and the cost of shipping that's included and all of that. And so really on a tight, very shoestring budget, we're trying to produce a film that's far more ambitious than the money would really allow. But um, I think I think that 
people would be pleasantly surprised with how it comes out. Everyone we interviewed was quite like blown away by the kind of um, production uh, ethos, if, if that makes sense. You know, we did a real mixture of uh, green screen interviews, but a lot of stuff where we found really good studio spaces, uh, created worlds already. And there's going to be a lot of work that comes in post-production. But um, I mean, just to sample, I mean, we, we, we spoke to Equip, we spoke to FM Skyline, we spoke to uh, John Zobiel, Business Casual, uh, Whitewoods, uh, Mesh, Dan Mason, uh, Skeleton Lipstick, Vape Error. Um, you know, that was just the interviews that we had set up in New York, but we also went to the tape swap and grabbed footage there and did a kind of roving report a bit within the Advent interviewing the guys from Pacific Plaza, I think, um, the guys from First Class Collective, Ronnie from Vapor Space ITL. You know, like it, it was it was not a holiday. My missus oh, definitely man. Was getting a holiday. Yeah, that was, I mean, New York was insane. Uh, yeah. the, the amount of like artists we were able to interview, like it's uh, that right there is like an all-star team. So crazy. And that's just the start of it as well. The, those four or five days, it was a whirlwind. But that first day was a lot of busyness, a lot of busyness the whole day. FM Skyline, bless him. Luke, he was, um, he, he was um, yeah, rather wilting in the heat, just as I was asking the questions, to be fair. Yeah, poor Petey. I mean, it, it was Pete's just hot. Funny. It was just so damn hot out there. And yeah, I think he gave us some really good answers, some good insight into, you know, real production of Vaporwave that's not sampled and Equip, I mean, his mind, you can just go all day with his mind. He's just so smart and so, so literally equipped with everything you need for the documentary. It's, it's insane. No pun intended. Indeed, indeed. And that wasn't even the most, um, ins- the most um, exciting part of that day because I, at the end, I had to go back and tell the guy who ran the studio that we were running a little bit late. And uh, my brother gave me directions to the office. So I walked down the corridor and I opened the door and I don't even know if I can explain what I saw. You can try because this is hilarious. Please do. <laughs> I yeah, knocked, please. I knocked, I came, I was, I was completely like dumbfounded, but I knocked on the door. And it was a, bear in mind, this is like an industrial space with hundreds of little um, studios where people could be filming and, <laughs> and just, just say they could be filming anything. So I tapped oh on the door and the door opened and I saw things I'll never forget. I think explain. they might have, I don't know, I can't. I just think and, they and might so have. So you have to explain it because you explained it to I me. I haven't heard this. More, more detail, please. <laughs> I, I feel there like... were three people. There was a gymnast, like, you know, like... Um, it was a gym horse. A gym horse. horse. So that thing that yeah. if you watch the Olympics, yeah. you've got, yeah, the, the, like, the solo guy or girl will be yeah. doing Pommel horse. Pommel, that's it, that's it. Yeah. And um, so and someone, was, on. someone was ready on the horse. And then <laughs> I walked in and another person was absolutely ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the... Or, I'll keep it clean. Just, they were absolutely ready. I'd never seen anyone more... <laughs> yeah. Very professional. <laughs> and the director... Hey, but what was the third... Okay, I was going to say, what was, what no, was the I, third I, person I, doing? Two of them are ready. What was the other person getting ready? Or The other person that was in the middle. I don't know how they were going to get involved. But they, they were, were probably going to document the readiness. <laughs> no, because the, the person who opened the door was the director and he was... Bless him. He was very friendly and he smiled and I think he might have thought I was an extra or someone that they'd <laughs> you know, to come along. So I nearly... It's like a Louis Theroux documentary. I nearly got a role in another film that I hadn't intended, put it that way. <laughs> okay, I think everyone gets what we're talking about now. So, yeah, and then we had to still had to go and spend the afternoon um, at the tape swap, which was amazing. 
But I don't know what you guys. Like, I know, I don't, tape swap was insane. It was so freaking hot in that tape swap. It was insane. I, I appreciate I, I, you moving like, forward for me. I, it, I, like, I found it, it with, with, with some hindsight because I was I'd arrived like, like yourself, Louis, the night before, completely jet lagged. Yeah, it was really yeah. intense in there. It was really hot, and I think that and some jet lag. I didn't really know what I was doing for about three hours. It was just right. people. There's people everywhere, and it it was small. It was a, it was a small. It, it was amazing, but I think it with hindsight, I look back and think, wow, I did I manage to even take it all in because it yeah. was just so insane. I don't think I ever left once in because we got there. Shouts to Indy for organising it and the whole virtual yeah, shout out Indy. team. I mean that shows the health of the grassroots of the vaporwave scene right there is mm. you had you had more than a dozen uh merch tables there with people from the whole scene selling tapes vinyl everything david you had a, a limo you had a you had a table yourself we managed to get yeah, one yeah. the end no i just i just want to chime in on that huge shout out to indy you know that was such an undertaking and you know he, he did it for free he wasn't making yeah. money at all i know that that venue was very expensive yeah, and you know, I listened to their podcast, the Utopia podcast, yesterday, same, and they just broke same. down the, the whole thing. And you know, they had to go the next day to paint the walls because yeah. people were scuffing out the walls. You know, there's so much that he had to do. And then he, you know, I'll, I'm sure we'll get to it, but you know, he loses his passport the next day. Just that guy mm-hmm. had a, a full whirlwind, you know. But like a thankless job, really, for that to do that, you know. And I very much appreciate him for booking me and getting me out to New York. It was, a, you know, time of my life, and I, I very much thankful to Andy for that. Well, yeah, I mean, you had not only the chance to connect with fans directly, because when you have an event like that, it's not just uh, about going to see passively engage with watching music that you like. It's it's the kind of community where the gap between the artists and the audience is almost level. Like they tend to be the same. They're both fans and and musicians or producers or what have you. And you got to yeah. connect with fans directly and sell them records, sign them. Personally. The fans, man, the fans is—it was insane. You know, I met—I met people from all over the world that came out to that taste swap and you know, came to meet me in a way, and and people yeah. from uh, from uh, Brazil, some a couple people were from Chile, uh, Belgium, a couple other people from Germany. You know, I'll, I was asking everybody where they're from, all over the U.S. and you know, incredible. It, it's so weird, you know, sometimes because it, it's such an internet genre and I don't have Twitter. I don't have any of these social media outlets. Uh, fairly private person. But, you know, when when I see that this stuff is actually like a real thing and a reality and not just like some tracks I make, uh, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. You know, it's very, uh, it's touching. It's really awesome. I mean, I, I felt the same about meeting you as well, because we obviously released a record or two records with you going back 18 months, uh, maybe two years ago. It's a while back anyway, certainly when we first put the orders in and then to to meet you in per- person and we were chatting about wrestling and all that, like going right back. Yeah. I remember your album wrestling. You, you gave me that, like, I tell you what, guys, like anyone listening, limo attention to detail on the merch is unreal. I got like an air freshener with the WWF logo in the style of the WrestleMania <laughs> album. You had like, um, go on, what else did you have? You had, you had, didn't you have like, you had condoms? I, limo I had condoms. condoms, acid blotter tops, tabs, uh, you know, all about the merch wave, you know, just very big fan of punk in the 80s and all those cool different types of merch and you know, it's a very much, Vaporwave is a collector's genre. You know, it's yeah. a definitely, people like the little things, and the little things that are like tapes. The little things you can add to the tape is really what sets things apart. You know, it's all about the time. 
Yeah, no, it really is. And then you, this was a, to get, to set the scene a little bit. This was a tiny, narrow venue of that probably would ha- healthily and happily fit about 150 people. There were more than double that, I think. Yeah. A tiny garden out the back. It was it was baking. There was sweat dripping down the walls. You had merch tables on either side of the interior. We were lucky to get a table in the garden. And then you had all these big name artists from the scene popping by, you know, St. Pepsi was there. You had Lux popping around with her mask and certain people she'd show on her message that said, I'm Lux. And, and she like, was part of, and she didn't stop partying either. If she wasn't talking to someone, she was dancing. And that, was that, that was something else was meeting Lux. I think that goes to your example about how you've got there's artists and fans because she crosses that bridge yeah. completely in the sense that she was and even like when you saw her at um electronic on the following yeah, day, fast forward a day she was just partying the whole time and you know she, it was you're right it was it was lovely to me and like you say the way the way that she did it in the very uh the sense of just holding up her phone saying hi i'm luck how are you you like shit okay hello. it was um it was really special i think it made that day um well the day was crazy as it was you know yeah. it was really insane i think and for any, anyone, as you say, anyone that was there in that very small little, little venue, that surely, if you're in the UK, I think the health and safety people would have had a would have had a conversation about how <laughs> how packed that. There's like a thousand there. people in that little building. It was like a thousand. It was insane. It was like the size of a bathroom. Well, if you listen to their pods, like uh, we'll link in that as well because I listen to it and it, they, indie tends to go in like three-hour pods and you get the full sense of it. They're really deep dive into it, but they were worried at all times that people were going to come along and shut them down. But like you get that sense. And I think anyone who's thinking in future about going to another one of these big events like Electronicon or whether it's Flamingo Fest, IRL next year, whatever, it's worth thinking about, not even just for the main show. I think for me, I almost enjoyed the tape swap as much as the, the main event because... yeah. You get that community vibe. I think it's amazing. And uh, yeah, again, shouts to Indy and, and the team for, for putting that together. Um, is there anything else? One more thing, one more, one more thing on yeah, that. I'm also, I'm just so happy that we had, we had the camera there for nobody here too. Because mm. like, you know, man, that thing, there's not many of those. You know, we really don't have big gatherings like that. And to have that on camera and just to have the camera there and to show people, hey, we're filming. This is happening. And look, yeah. like, look at what we're doing here. And a lot of people were very hype about that. Even now, I'm hearing people like, oh, so what's up? What's up with the movie? I saw it in, you know, da, 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 in New York. And yeah, you know, it's definitely crucial to have it there. What a what an awesome moment to capture on tape. Exactly, exactly. And I, and like I said, I've I run through a bit of a list. I'll do the LA list and the, the bit in the middle when we came back um, that Chris did on his own as well. But all in all, we did more than, I think it was 28, 29 interviews. We filmed at the Tape Swap. We filmed at Electronicon. We filmed at the the kind of pop-up event for Bay's show in LA. We filmed at the Bay's, the, the actual, um, what was it called? Groove Continental, is that right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, the kind of more future-themed yeah. event in LA as well. I mean, there's plenty of footage and we've definitely broken the back of filming. There's a lot of people we're going to grab off camera who kind of in the spirit of the anonymity of Vaporwave uh, preferring to do it that way, which I think will be interesting as well. We've still got some stuff like that to do, but the film is being made like it, you know, there's no need to worry anymore. I think people, like you said, David, I think people seeing the cameras there, they know it's actually happening. So, but yeah, Electronicon itself was kind of crazy because the queues were mad. They weren't <laughs> as mad as the first one that we went to in New York, but they were crazy. And it was a hot, hot day. Once you got inside, there was another There was another hour's queue of the merch table, uh, of which there was, what, like six or seven different merch tables, but the, where people were trying to grab what was pretty much some quite limited 
yeah, quite limited that, tees. Like that uh, Knuckles t-shirt. That was, what, that was what most people were trying the to pick. Yeah. I think that sold out in a Knuckles hour. t-shirt. I was mm. so happy I got you, that. You've yeah, got one, like, haven't you, Enzo? I got. I, well, we both got, I got one. one as well. Yeah, we, got, yeah, we, I think we all got one. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Even Is it comic like Comic Sans writing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It just says Electronicon yeah. dot 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 on the back in Comic Sans and the picture. Nice. The connoisseur's font choice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Being there, bought the T-shirt. But I think the first thing you, the first thing you noticed with Electronicon, and it's not, it wasn't surprising that venue itself was. The, the the amount of different spaces, you know, there was what, two or three different. There were three different stage areas. One one that was outside, um, plenty of room. It, it didn't feel crowded unless you were in one of the smaller rooms, like like the Lux Playpoint but, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah that 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 stage was um, crazy at times, but it was a really nicely laid out venue. I'd never been to anywhere like that before for for an event of, of that of that scale. Um, could have done with a few more food trucks, maybe. But we'll come know, on to that. The, it I felt think, like Woodstock '99 think, at one point. I think. <laughs> oh that, God, <laughs> that I bad. Think, I think that clubs, that club stage, which 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 Lux was playing on, is like that's that's the hottest I think I've ever been in my whole life. They didn't it's open just, the windows either. It was probably just like, the bleed, yeah. they didn't want sound bleeding out into the outdoor stage. But it was crazy, wasn't it, mate? It was. It was. Um, yeah, I, I I think I saw Jay. I think well, me and you were quite close the whole time, weren't, weren't we, Jay, in that yeah. room? I think one time we just turn around, and we're just getting out. And by then, your t-shirts just yeah, 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 yeah. Like I wanted so to stay tough. for the whole thing as like a piece of history, but it's like I think it just for me personally, it got to a stage where I was just like, I literally cannot get any any warmer, or I'm gonna mm-hmm. like faint or yeah, something. I, I think we got in there for Dan Mason so first, good, didn't we? Like a sh- Dan shouts, Mason first. Shouts to Dan yeah, Mason. Yeah. That was incredible. I I could only bear 10, 15 minutes of it because of the heat. And it was amazing. Yeah. I had to get out and get fresh air then, but that was incredible. And then Lux, Lux was either on straight after or not yeah, long after, after that. Lux was just, yeah, like just yeah. From everything from her, the outfit, the way that she conveyed her anonymity to the, the visuals on, on screen. And then seeing, it was quite surreal seeing Chris getting his camera right up like on the <laughs> side of the stage. Like it, it was like, for me, it was like, I'm seeing this film being made in front of my very eyes. It was uh it was wicked. I tried to get some Polaroid shots in there, but it was just too dark. And every time someone, every time I got a good shot, someone's hands up in in the way. There's some charming Polaroid pictures that I brought back, but they're all a bit shambolic, to be honest with you. The, the experiment with that didn't work quite as well as I thought it would. But but yeah, it was just yeah. That that whole stage was just insane. Tommy, you be are you feeling a bit left out and jealous here? I uh, sorry, it's a vicarious experience, you know. Did did was it was it streamed? I, I'm not even sure if it was streamed much. Yeah, it was. That, there were a few a few of the performances were streamed on um, the Vapor Memory <laughs> YouTube channel. Cool. So the, the DDS show definitely was. I think Phantom was. Some others, but and like I mean, just in terms of like snippets and stuff, like so much was hitting social media. Yes. So yeah, I was I was I was there at home with my very very young child. What what date was this? Do you remember uh, when, when the show 20th, was? Twentieth, maybe the twentieth of September. Yeah, so my yeah. kid was like two two weeks old, so I was uh, kind of um, yeah, in a haze. But yeah, yeah, I was getting bits and pieces. Um, when me and Rob did the the previous um, previous podcast, yeah, he was talking. He was calling them videotapes. I think he was quite. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that means um, like uh, clips that appeared on Twitter. Videotapes. Videotapes. Like I like that. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it was crazy because I kind of experienced uh, Electronicon 2 in that way. Having been to the first one, I was so insanely jealous then of the second one happening, especially seeing people like Cat System Court going over there and like 
you kind of get serious envy then i love new york but like when that event was announced in la it was it was quite hard to see it happening and not be able to be there but yeah it was cool yeah, to LA, la was really good i was actually at la and it it's comparable to three uh, honestly two might have been better i'll be honest i think there was more artists uh vaporwave centric at two okay. than three and what do you make of the because there was a whole big debate in the week leading up and I'm not, I, I'm not here to throw shade on it because my take home from this was that there was something for everyone at that show and I think I'm one of those who believes that uh, a rising tide carries all boats as it were yeah uh, I, I don't, happy, happy. yeah the difference for me between econ 2 and econ 3 was just seeing telepath live and it you know just it was just packed but it wasn't hot. And the audio, it was the same room that Katsis and Corp had performed on maybe an hour prior. Um, I was backstage when Luke was getting his costume on and, uh, you know, everybody was back there hanging out. DDS, I was with Eyeliner at the time. We're just watching this whole thing happen. And, you know, he went out there. Telepath, personally, as controversial as it is, he's one of my favorite artists. And to see him live... You know, that that was one of the main reasons I just wanted to go to Econ. And he just blew everyone away in that room. You know, it, with like a live set, more of his newer stuff, like the Miranda uh, fashion show stuff, which I personally love. I love that stuff. I love the Slush Wave stuff too, but the stuff he was doing live and just the lighting and everybody's crystals in the air, it was, it was definitely missed out on Econ 3. Like that was kind of, when I saw he was going to do an opening ceremony, I was like, oh, it's going down. You know, I'm definitely going to be there. But they kind of pulled the rug from us a little bit on that one. I'm not going to lie. So you feel like it, it didn't have quite the same highlights? Like the event itself was amazing, but it didn't, it didn't yeah. happy because you didn't. But yeah. The artists, it's just the artists were, were more vaporwave centric. The, you know, you had Eyeliner from New Zealand. You had Jorn from uh, Netherlands. You had artists from all over the place. Uh, Frank Jeffs, he was there. Everybody, it was harder to make those rooms than it was to make this econ. I'll be honest, because it was—I think it was five rooms at econ two, and it was at the Jules Cash one, which you guys saw. Yeah, and yeah. that place was just packed. You know, it was just packed, but every single like artist on that lineup was insane. It was just so good. Yeah, and I guess I mean I guess that this is where the criticism came in in the week leading up to the event was people were arguing that it was less of a vaporwave festival and more of a vaporwave stage and maybe the outdoor stage with a few artists that kind of transcend that, which is you know look it's in his gift. There's the 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 easiest thing to say back to people who criticise the lineup is we'll put on your own show. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. people can do that. It's it's in your power to organise a party and do that. But I, I take I take the point that you're making there. I mean, you, you I mean, know. it's in the it's in the name, you know, electronica, electronic con, you know, it's it's all encompassing. He he kind of yeah. had some foresight with that name. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that wasn't an accident, or if it was, it was a happy accident for sure. I mean, I, I for me, it was nice. Yeah, it's not vaporwave con. No, no. But you had Runners Club. You had uh, you still had Death. Well, Death Dynamic Shower. We've already said is a kind of tra uh, transcends the genre itself. But you had that whole club stage, which was full of 
vaporwave artists, and it would have been nice. They I mean, have like Christ. You have Christ. Christ Luxury is playing. Yeah. yeah, you have a lot of iconic Lux, artists. Lux is. I think most people who left that just blown away by the fact. How is he going to top this? Like in the first event, he's managed to get Lux out. He's managed to get. Uh, sorry, in the first event, he got Telepath out. You know, in the second one, he's had Eyeliner. Like, how is he possibly going to top that? Well, the only way is to get Lux. Yeah. Out. Mm. And he was saying to us when we did the yeah. interview with him how hard it was, and it wasn't George himself. Perhaps it was others speaking to Lux that persuaded her to to find a way to make it work and i'm really yeah. glad like i know that everyone who saw her and everyone who's a fan of hers who was there is just so grateful for i mean personally that was that was the number one set for me it was luxury elite like i i i got emotional like three times in that room like literally like teary-eyed like wow this is actually happening like we're really witnessing history right now and looking out in the crowd, I saw a lot of my, you know, fellow Babe Wave artist friends. And, you know, I saw like Trash Coast. He was out there cheering up a yeah. little bit for Neko. A lot of other artists. And I was like, wow, this is... She came She came in with like a track from Noir, like halfway through the set where I was like, damn. You know, and like the whole crowd kind of had a like a wave of emotion. I, I saw everybody that knew that album and knew that track. You know, and then like the visuals by All Hell Breaks Loose when he was using like that guy flying through New York. Mm. Yeah, like at yeah, that time, yeah. it was like, damn, like it all lined up so perfectly. And it was just, and we almost missed that set because I remember she she played 20 minutes early. Yeah, she started early, didn't she? My friend yeah. posted the picture and I was like, let's go. I was like, let's yeah, we go. Just ran, we all we got just ran across. Spot, but I think I spoke to yeah, quite a few man. I was behind Chris and it was, it was I great. I spoke to a few people who were confused by the, the merch queue. Uh, they thought that the merch queue was the queue to get into Lux because of the way it arced around. But if you just wandered around, if you were just like, you know, wandered up to the door, you managed to squeeze your way in. But it was it was insane. There wasn't any room for an, a single extra person in there, to be fair. And it was actually hard to get out when we left. Well, they because it was on two levels, wasn't it? It was on the, yeah. the you had like to step up, level. yeah. And there was that, there was that guy just yeah, driving us all up. Literally just picked me up like I weighed nothing. Yeah, just, uh, just yeah, I was pulling everyone up. I guess, I guess I guess one thing about about leaving a little bit near, nearer to the end was like I feel like it's something that every, that you had to see and 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 I guess by by um us leaving a little bit early kind of made made room for more more people to come in and see it. Which I yeah, that's true. Was because yeah. there was literally there was literally people just like standing outside of the doorway even just like looking in from outside who did we miss wow whoa <laughs> that yeah, was like <laughs> you need to reset like, your uh, internet david sounds <laughs> so, so like the, the the squeaky squeaky trap yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you need to reset he's been, he's been vapor waved what? Since seven. <laughs> it's dds isn't it yeah <laughs> David, I think you need to reset your internet, perhaps. Talk about some of the sets. I, I want to know, did Death Dynamic Shroud play loud? It was pretty loud. The room, the room was quite big. And it, it, if you imagine, it was kind of like a, like a big, long hall. And it was mm. kind of like, it was almost like cut in half. So if you, if you were stood at the bar area, which was way at the back, maybe it wouldn't have been, you know, like, really loud but like if you were if you were basically from the sound desk all the way up to the stage yeah. it was loud it was like 
it's like yeah, it's just like it's like being at it was like, it was it was like, like a it was tea, like wasn't it? It was like the stage and the and the, yeah, the it kind of was like that, and then it was then it was yeah. long down and skinny, but that went back like fifty meters. Fifty. It was loud. Meters. It was loud. It was like being at <laughs> fucking any sort of EDM show. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean. And how um how like improv-y is it? Like are they are they are they having like noisy kind of freak out or is it by I mean there is a lot of that. I I I think they kind of do similar stuff to what you do, Tom, with the with like a controller. So they so they have yeah. like, maybe, Ab- maybe have, I would love to see Ableton tricks. Yeah, I, I mean I saw a picture from over their shoulders. Yeah, the black and white one. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see a video of them playing a bit of, of some of their music live just so you can see what they're doing. Yeah. It's quite hard to like it's you quite just hard need to, to look see. at Chris's footage. Because Chris exactly. well, yeah. behind them. But I think, I think they have like two two laptops. They're both playing, I think, MIDI keyboards. And um, James was playing guitar. some guitar. They, they, they were both singing as well. It, singing, was like, yeah. it, was, it was just like, it was so good. It was just, yeah, it, was it, was just, just it was just so good. But I would love, I would love to, like what, like what David was saying earlier about how he'd love to know what the um, process is to making the songs. I, I, I'd love to know that as well but i'd also love to know how they're performing live that'd be like really interesting for sure i went from liking them to loving them after seeing them play that set and yeah it was it it was was incredible i I would say i would say that was i would say that was probably my favorite set that or lux was probably my favorite set or or runners club it was just mesmerizing i found it really mesmerizing Nothing stayed the same for more than t- more than three seconds. You know, it was the yeah. way that it, it was just the way it was layer upon layer. And then before you knew it, you've been there for an hour. You're like, shit. Yeah. Okay, wow. It was just, yeah. it was sad when it was finished. I mean, I felt mad because yeah. then we ran outside. I can't. I, I'm no longer able to remember whether this was before or after, but I can remember heading outside and there's Runners Club getting ready to play, and that's kind of surreal because mm. they mm. obviously got booked because they live streamed their Future Sounds show. Mm. Uh, and Chris, the manager of 100%, picked up on that stream and booked them to play Electronica, which is incredible. And we saw them live, and there's that kind of sense of someone that you've worked with as friends and you've helped to to grow, and seeing them play a show that big was just insane. And they were they were great, and they're lovely people as well. And they did that mix at the end, which was every yeah. single one of their tracks. Yeah, Carl was like, like, like space. It was crazy. Carl was like, here's all the here's all the here's all the tracks we didn't play, and then they just played like they're like a mashup, shitloads of tracks, all all, all as a mash up like all of like break beats and stuff like that yeah it was insane then we had the whole um food queue debacle and we managed to catch saint pepsi and for me saint pepsi is always a personal highlight like i absolutely fucking loved it there was that moment did anyone else pick up on that moment chris is there on stage filming and uh ryan nearly pulls his laptop off the stage like yeah and chris caught the laptop and pushed it back on <laughs> one of my favorite sets though uh, I, I the george set was whatever but the christ set i know uh, jay came with me for that yeah but man. the christ set was another level yeah. just him he's the he's one of my buddies you know and just he really helped my career too so his his set was another level that that club room was a steam room at that point it was just all <laughs> fog it was so hot <laughs> Yeah, that was so fun. I'm so, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that we got to see that. Um, it was like, it kind of went from one vibe straight into something completely different. Coming out of coming out of watching George do his do do his set, going into a Christ set it was like um, like a slap to the face. Like it was a complete like switch up. It was it was it was, it was sick. 
And I was, I was, I was like, um, it's like nine day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It really yeah, was. Man. It was really awesome. Yeah. I like the way George ended on stage with God on an LED screen, which is kind of like a fuck you to everyone who's. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, see, we didn't. We didn't see that bit. We didn't. See I didn't God. see we, that. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't see God. We saw Christ what? instead. Hey. <laughs> Wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean he had God like a God space or God? No, like, no, no, you know, God. Yeah, in those, yeah. in those like, yeah, oh, you know, you, you know, he had those like God, LED, LED lights behind him. I think it was a, yeah. a, a known joke. I think it was a known joke. But I mean, it, it played yeah. in because Chris was quite keen to try and get him to do his interview in like a, a church, like a let's all worship at the. the, yeah. the he he wanted to do it like Kill Bill too, didn't he? Like yeah. out in the desert, like yeah. <laughs> but like um, that is a good. That is a cool scene. In fact. The funny thing is, when we did eventually interview George, he was like, "Yeah, oh, well, I probably would have done that." <laughs> so all of, that, like, all of that worrying that we had about I, I kept saying to him well me and you Jay kept saying to him and David in fairness he's yeah, not gonna like he's not gonna want to play that up I mean it's one thing putting God on your your stage like in uh, LED lights as a as a piss take mm. but actually like doing your interview for the film as yeah. you know do it at an altar the Reverend George yeah. I think uh, John Lennon came to regret uh, making that comparison. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not... yeah, what was it? Uh, the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That, that, was that... Well, that's, you know, my jumper I used to have, the stamp out the Beatles one. That's like a campaign, like a George Harrison famously wore that sweatshirt after. I think it's like a religious campaign. They burnt, they'd have like mass gatherings and they'd throw Beatles records on the, on the fire. And they'd stamp out the Beatles because of that reference. He'd, yeah, where he said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus or whatever it was, bigger, bigger than hysteria, God. Hysteria, mass hysteria. So like, let's not like... let's not um, incite uh, crowds of people burning George Clanton copies of Slide uh, in uh, <laughs> a small town. I'm, I'm not going to go any further. Why not? It'd be good for the film. Yeah, it would be good for the yeah. film. Conceptually, I do like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck that. It's a good idea. I'll take, <laughs> take, I'll take that back to Chris. I'll take that back to Chris. <laughs> Future sounds. There's a whole load of shit we could I was going to say, about. do you guys want to chat about LA? Because uh, it, it looked. Let me throw in amazing. the middle. Because me and my. Well, we all come home uh, for a few days and I needed the rest and recuperation. I was proper ill. Jay, you had COVID. I think I had it the, the last few days I was in New York. So I was fucked completely fucked um and then luckily i managed to get a negative test in time to come back to la but while we were at home chris went off and um interviewed uh, digital sex uh grafton tanner he met with Vito from dmtfl he actually uh got dan uh, dan mason to come over to that side of um florida as well and i think it was it was quite sweet because it was the first time that dan and Vito had had met and they'd obviously worked together going back years and years before so i think he had kind of a nice time uh sort of sp spanning this massive country that you guys live in while we were like back home running the label for a little while, which was really nice. But then we met up and he um, he headed over to LA and and David, did you go with him to the Data Girl and Nano Shine interview? Yeah, I picked him up from that at the after after that interview. I I, I met up with them all, but it was pretty much picked him up and then we met up with you after that at the Airbnb. That's right. And he was hanging out with Frank Jabsey and Groovy Kaiju as well that day, I think. Yeah. So there's some cool yeah, photos filmed from that. He filmed Groovy that morning, I believe, and then he did Data Girl and uh, that's right. Did, 
he did Groovy at a skate park, which I think is going to look cool. I think there was some worries about yeah. sound, but the, the footage is going to look great. I tried I'd rolling back to New York for two seconds. I tried to jump on one of their skateboards because we, we ended up down by the river in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. And it was Groovy, Indy and Pizza Slut. And they all had their boards. And my brother's really good at skateboarding. And I'm absolute shit. But I can remember being all right at it when I was a kid. And I jumped on a board for about two seconds. I nearly broke. Like I, I fell off within within two meters. It was awful. awful. We were all yeah, quite, I heard we, about we, that. We, we were all quite good at things when we were kids. We just don't fucking do them anymore. No, <laughs> I was trying for like fucking ages to land that board slider. Jay, do you want to <laughs> touch over the fact that you didn't make it? I mean, your baby's really close to being due. And all along, that was a concern was that... That was always the, 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 the worry, but luckily I've got a very, very supportive um, girlfriend, Kira, who was like, no, you need to do this. It's really important. You've been working on this on this project for, for, for years. Like, you need to just go. It'll be fine. Baby's due date is on 26th of September, which Next is... Tuesday, is it? Which is in four days' time from when, we, when we're recording this. Uh, so the whole thing was kind of like... I was pretty relaxed about going to New York, but LA was always a bit like, you know, touch and go. Uh, and then uh, when we got back from New York, I was... We, we, we drove back. It was fucking ridiculous. Got like horrible jet lag. And then I had COVID. So I was just... I knew, also, this is the second time I had COVID. This time, that shit absolutely fucking kicked my ass so badly like the first time i didn't even feel sick at all this time i was like i just couldn't like breathe it's fucking awful anyway um you had the super electronic on very yeah so like it came up to like a few days before like and then kira's like um basically had like um uh what's the word like um early signs of labor yeah so she 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 basically had a false alarm but she but, but, but but she basically thought she was going to go to labor. So we made a decision that it'd probably be best for me to not go based on the fact that I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I would, you know, on the day be testing negative, which it turns out I actually did because I did a test on the day. So I would have been fine to fly, but it was kind of just one of these things. And then as these things always go, typically baby's still not here. Here we are. Um, so let's talk about what you could have won. Overall, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, here's what you could have. <laughs> here's won. what you could have um, won. So no, yeah. I was, I was, I was absolutely gutted. Like one of the, one of my favorite um, parts of the whole trip in New York was being able to meet up with some of these, you know, some some artists and some friends and some people he, you know, speak to online and you know don't necessarily get the chance to to meet up with. And like I feel like you know we had we had such a good time in New York. That was one of the things that I was most gutted about not going to LA was not, you know, being able to hang out with the, with um, people again. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, it is what it is. These things happen. And, um, uh, you, you and you and you and Chris with help from limo and everyone else who, who helped whilst you were, whilst you were out there and I couldn't be there. So thank you so much to everyone who kind of helped you too, but you guys absolutely smashed it. Got everything. Yeah. So, so here we are. Limo, Obviously, we've already thanked you. I can't really thank you enough. Like, you picked us up that day when I arrived. Uh, we met at the Airbnb, which had a pool. Uh, the weather was absolutely scorching. We had quite a lot of interviews to do that week. But also, we had um, other people like Booty Wizard. Um, we had Groovy Kaiju. We had Frank Javsey. All these people who were local-based, who kind of took us to places to chill out in the evenings after we'd done interviews and helped us 
find locations and stuff. Um, we had we had uh, the pleasure of hanging around with St. Pepsi on the, the first day, the first full day that we were there, which was really cool. Um, I managed to grab interviews with him. So who, who did, let me run through them. Who did we grab? We had grabbed St. Pepsi. We uh, went to the Vapor 95 in real life shop, which I recommend to anyone who's heading out to LA. If they're not open, if you drop him a line on Twitter, he's pretty cool at coming down and opening up the shop anyway. Uh, obviously, we interviewed Limo. We interviewed George Clanton. We interviewed Young Bay. We did an interview with Eric, um, who not only is one of the main uh, moderators of the Vapor Vinyl subreddit, he also runs Sly Vinyl, which has started out as kind of a blog uh, that reviewed Vaporwave and other adjacent music, but also is now a label in its own right that's done few haircuts from men records. Um, and yeah, just it was just, yeah, LA's, LA's different gravy. It's, uh, it's massive. The food's amazing. It's really expensive though, mate. Why is it so expensive for milk there? David, you're probably best place to answer this. Why yeah, is your... How much is milk? You. Hang on, hang on. How much is milk? I'm, it, it would, well, I got, I'm curious I, Okay. Now. I'll put it in context for you. I got a box, a small box of Cheerios and a two liters of milk, and it cost $17, which at the, the current, the current uh, rate yeah, of almost one uh, for one is about 16, 17 quid. That is, that's wild. I'm working for half a day on the measly pennies um, that we pay ourselves. I, I, just to eat I assume it wasn't here. the Cheerios that knocked it into the teens. It was the milk. No, they're both about, it's about eight, eight or $9. I mean, maybe, what was the place? Crazy. What's that supermarket called? It's kind of, kind of adjacent yeah, to the, was it was it was it cheerios or was it like some what was it like um whole foods no cereals yeah the thing is it's a it's a it's a supermarket that's in like a, a hotel you know like those are typically the convenient ones like that are typically pretty they're gonna tax you you know so that's kind of what happened it's a fair point it is a fair point but yeah, like LA was a trip. It really was. Um, St. Pepsi catching up with him because we, we he he got ill after doing his Electronicon show in New York, and I was worried because that was one night we really really wanted to get in the bag. Um, we managed to find a really good studio and sit down. And that guy's like, you know, when you talk to these artists for the film who go back that far, you're just getting like the, the the history right there you know there's so many different tangents that you could you could go down and i think the big challenge for us is going to be when we get all this footage at the end is is trying to break it down into identifying a story and fitting all these voices into a 90 minute film you, you can do a director's cut though right i mean i think that there'll be a wealth of additional footage that we can use mm. in other ways like a, mm. an extended version for sure but like the challenge that's going to be it's going to be real it's going to be trying to pull this down to to just 90 minutes or under two hours perhaps you know so that it's, it's it's a kind of a marketable length for people yeah you don't you don't want some some sort of um oliver stone jfk three and a half hour slog fest do you because people would just, <laughs> i mean just, you know, if, if you think about all of the things that people want us to talk about so like the basics like people are going to want us to run through the history but they're also going to want us to talk about the tensions between sim sampling and not sampling you know the the kind of offshoots of things like future funk how they've birthed out of it and what their relationship is i mean what's happening in the future the jump from url to irl there's so many angles that you can take with this film it, it's it, yeah but the, the possibilities are, are kind of endless um but maybe we'll just do a happy clappy thing and we'll just say <laughs> maybe maybe we should just release a series of trailers yeah and yeah that's it just, just, just do trailers 
I don't think there's anything more vaporwave than that, a product that never arrives. <laughs> How do you feel about being associated with that limo? Yeah, I think I'm at the bow out. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Nah, nah, I'll, I'll take the footage though. I'll, I'll take I'll take the footage, Chris Scott, because you got some pretty good stuff. Yeah, can we talk I'll about your that. interview? Because we we tried for ages to to find a limo. <laughs> we tried to hire a limo. This was just like a theme that just kept going for every day. So we'd be yeah, running. Yeah, it was interview. a great idea. It was a it great was. idea. And it, yeah, I mean, just in the back of a limo, you know, just doing the interview. It's, it's better than a studio. But you know, yeah, it felt like we were running from one interview, then coming back and then looking for a limo again. And then we were trying like Craigslist and all these fucking different Facebook marketplace. People are selling limousines. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know you're yeah, selling your creative. limo. Can we like, yeah, we, and we, we had a few options. Like we were, there were a couple yeah. of places that looked like they might come through. But in the end, we, we took you to, um, which I think is going to work out much better, is we took you to where the artwork for Amiga Moore came from, which is yeah, I, place. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so, it, you know, the plan B, I always had this in, as a mindful idea potentially to use, was to use uh, Pershing Square in Los Angeles, which is a train station. Uh, one of my buddies, Austin Yini, he does a lot of photography for architecture in LA. And he took the photo for Omega Mall X uh, in LA one day and posted it on Instagram. And I saw that exact photo of uh, Pershing Square and it just... It you know it hit me and I was like this could I could make this look like a mall you know and I hit him up about it. he's a big big boy fan uh, you know collects my shit and stuff and he's like yeah let's do it you know and just give me a copy of the tape or the vinyl whatever and so we did it I, I you know I made the made the image and um, what I liked about the whole idea was you know it's a it's a location where you can actually go to it you know there's not many final records like that but I always wanted to make an album where it's somewhere you can actually visit mm. and. You know, I figured for the film, it'd be pretty rad to just take you guys to an actual vaporwave location, you know, and, yeah. uh, and it worked out pretty well. You know, there's a nice little walkway up to the neon lights and the whole location. And when you get to it, you really see the full uh, size of what the Omega Mall X album artwork is. And, you know, it, it is a train station. We had to do a few uh, Photoshop things to make it not look like a train station and uh, add, a, obviously, the Mega Mall X sign. But I think it, it's going to be a very special thing for the movie because it's something different. It's not the green screen. It's not, you know, just somebody sitting in front uh, talking about the career. It's more of like uh, so you're literally a big way of coming to life. Yeah. You're literally in the album yeah. cover doing the interview. Right, yeah. It's somewhere you can go. You know, someone could still go visit. They can go visit for the film, you know, uh, part of the film. They can go visit for that, too, you know. I think I think it kind of brought everything together, really. Yeah, we need to set up a TripAdvisor page, like like with the Midnight Store, for, like, Vaporwave IRL tourist trappings. Yeah, yeah I would say still film the Midnight Store if you can. You know, that would be so cool for the film, in my opinion. Well, she used to be my landlady, so the girl, who, the woman who runs the shop, she used to be my landlady. Oh no way! So it should be wow. Adorable. But um, it was. I might even turn the fridge on for you. <laughs> yeah. Dona Lens and Limousine have got like the same pun about bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It was weird. I was that that was that was super weird, right? As well, because the album kind of came out as we were like, we literally had had this idea of doing a bizarre, bizarre. That, like play on that word like yeah. and then, oh really yeah yeah, yep. yeah 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 so we've got a song called um love love love, love 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 bizarre but the, but the whole thing was like love bizarre love oh bizarre. right yeah 
yeah i yeah, remember yeah. seeing that yeah i was like oh wow, bizarre's becoming a thing yeah yeah that was that was pretty cool lunitas did the artwork on that album and you know he really really killed that whole idea but yeah, yeah I, you know stores stores of vaporwave they just they go hand in hand for sure for sure it was kind of crazy doing those gonzo interviews where you're trying to grab something in real life and there's kind of crazies hanging around and people just wandering by on their commute mm. like why is Honestly, there cameras? what are people doing like, it was so sketchy cool. right there i was trying to hold it i was trying to act like i wasn't phased to, to hold you guys and well, you, keep you like guys like you know uh, well i just i there was a lot of needles around there's a lot of knives around a lot of like desperation around us at that time you know if we were there at night it would have been a, definitely would have been an issue is yeah, there not absolutely. a um is there not like a permit issue for any of this as well we um no, we are chris had a work visa flashed it at the at the cops the day before and they were like yeah that's fine and then we just uh-huh. just went and did it we just went and did it and got out we were in there yeah. for like no more than half an hour 40 minutes i'm sure chris would have got away with it he's got the uh, he's got gift yeah yeah but that was great i mean yeah. that, that was america through and through is it's, it's so different when you're in another country like uh, fair play we had the help of people like you david like locally but like it's just constantly trying to find like places to film uh not knowing anything about the local area how loud it's gonna mm-hmm. be overcoming all those issues that you'll have like, but uh, one of the highlights from la was um we had Booty Wizard come and do second camera roll at the uh, at this. We booked an Airbnb. Well, we booked a house for a, a few hours with a swimming pool in this mm-hmm. suburb, a really nice part of LA. And we had Bay come and sit on an. That's it. Is that where you filmed Bay? Yeah. Yeah, we had an inflatable pink flamingo to kind of mock the skyscraper anonymous album cover, yeah. and uh, he was really cool. He's a really good guy, uh, Young Bay Dallas. He's a really good guy, and his managers were. Um, it's crazy speaking to vaporwave artists with like proper commercial mainstream or semi-mainstream management teams. You know, people are they're talking about their like forthcoming tour, which they're on now, where they've got like a just a tour bus going around the whole country. Like it's mm. the, the whole vibe is crazy when you compare that back to people playing DJ sets to 200, 300 people. Like these he's got are, like is, is he touring with Macross as well? Well, we we, we interviewed Macross and the ever mm. managed to get him while we we're out there, which was a, a real absolute nice. boost at the last minute. And we we hung up, hung out with him backstage after the the show mm. on the Friday night, the big show. And uh, they, those guys from Neon City are amazing. We're hoping to get out to Japan. So I think David Davy from Neon City is moving to Tokyo early next year so one of the benefits now of going to tokyo is it's not just about getting stock footage and talking to some of the shops there the, the bricks and mortar shops that stock vaporwave records but also neon city are going to be there um vantage has moved there so there's mm, there's, there's people what's that who's very top who? blood oh blood wave yeah blood, blood wave. wave yeah exactly i wonder what you guys take home is about the size of the scene like, is this a handful of artists that are blowing up huge, or is this a sign that the scene itself is in rude health? Like, what, what is your guys' take on this? Tom, maybe, maybe you haven't spoken Tom, for a while. Yeah. Tom, what's Tom? What's your? Well, the thorny issue. I mean, like, we're you know we're organising a show of our own, aren't we, in the UK, where there isn't the same concentration of artists. You know, our, our headline artist is coming from Europe. Um, and you know the other artists on the bill are, are local acts. You know, like our, our events can't really compare, compare or compete with Electronicon, but like it's not necessarily designed to. I think like one of the things, you know, if I'm if I'm sort of playing devil's advocate and siding with some of kind of the more sort of conservative troll type figures in the scene, like one of the things that was interesting about Vaporwave historically was that 
it was an internet internet based genre and like lacked a, a geographic focus like you could be making this music from anywhere and you could be anyone i think like for better or worse like the the live the nature of putting on a big live event means that it concentrates in huge capital cities or big cities you know uh like new york and la neither of which is the capital city yeah, big city. there isn't going to be an econ barry anytime soon <laughs> i mean but there could be i mean like enzo i liked what you said earlier like about, about some of these people you know like i'm always interested in what they have to say but ultimately you know i don't agree with them and i think like what you said is like if if you want to do things differently then make it happen you know it's cool like like a plurality of voices in a scene is healthy right we need we need discussion we need you know you can't just like allow somebody with like an incredible work ethic like george to put on a huge event and just kind of um piss on his chips and kind of um snipe from the sidelines oh, exactly <laughs> exactly and when we spoke to him before the interview like i put these questions to him because we're not just asking nice questions like i put some challenging questions to him about it um to see what his take on that kind of stuff is and you know this is a guy whose label is 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 funding a lot of the electronica stuff you know at the, at the minute like he's putting a lot of hard work in there's a lot of stress that's involved in putting on a show that big there's a lot of pressure when you're the only person putting on events that big um, but it, it's kind of going back to what you said about the geographical location of other scenes compared to an internet-based scene. Alex from Pacific Plaza said this. He said that he grew up like the, the DIY punk scene and stuff. If it's concentrated around a geographical area, then you have like the favourite, the cool cats who are get, get booked as headliners. And then you have a clear delineation of who's the top dogs right the way down. Whereas when it's online and anyone and everyone's performing, there's a lot more kind of meritocracy or maybe yeah. just plurality. In theory, of, but like cliques click still, still happens, emerge, right? You know, it and still it's happens. Like if, if, and especially like now, like Twitter and social media plays a bigger part in it. Like people who are really good at social media can kind of rise to the top or like people who, who I don't know, and there's, there's all kinds of luck involved and stuff as well, isn't it? I like, you know, I don't know how much, oh God, What's happened there? He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. But I mean, going back to to that point, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like anyone could put on a show, <clears throat> but it's difficult if you're based in London, for example. It's difficult for us to get more than a couple of American artists to come over for a show. Like I think that there's potential for a Electronicon-sized event in the UK, but only if it's backed by someone like Pitchfork, for example, someone who pulls in masses of people from mm. the mainstream who are mm. curious to hear what Vaporwave is. Like, I don't doubt there'll be a lot of people at the Clanton and DDS show in November, but they won't be mainly Vaporwave fans. They may no, become right. Vaporwave fans, yeah. but the UK is not ready for a show as big as that. And I dare say most of the states in America aren't. No matter how, like, Limo, you, you'll be a better place to say this. You're based in L.A., but people in Chicago, for example, might cry out for a festival. But there's only a couple of places in America that could host something that big, right? I mean, Chicago is a good option. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's interesting because it's a traveling fan base, right? Um, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. But, because there's not many of them. But, it, you know, it, it what, I, what, I, what works with, with uh george is he's got this roster of artists he can just pick from yeah you know and and not many other labels have this roster this family that they can just kind of build upon People so are you exclusively know, you got, signed as well they're exclusively mm, signed. right you know you got me uh, kind of a drifter you know i consider myself my pet flamingo but you know business casual 
you know, I'm not tied to one label, whereas some of these other labels that they are, they're, they're tied to it, but it's not, it's more of like a family thing. And they, they, what they build is something that kind of, it's a good base to build more things, more events, more, more shows, stuff like that. I think Chicago is great. Um, LA just works because there's so many people here. New York works because there's so many people there. Um, they're just tourist destinations as well at the same time. You know, I had a good time in New York just being in New York. You know, that was yeah. a, it, it, it was a two and one almost for me. Mm. So what's it's your take home? Same for me. What, what's your take homes, guys? I mean, like we've we've done okay for for me just starting off with the filming point of view. Obviously, because most of the big artists that we needed to interview are in America or were going to Electronicon or the base, the base show. Uh, we've managed to get 80% of the filming done, which is a massive step, massive step. Throw in the other stuff we've done in the UK already and the European interviews we'll be doing, we'll be interviewing Jaunt, Cat System Corp before our show. We've got Van Porgham coming over um, in October as well. There's going to be a handful of things and maybe a trip to Japan. But from the film's point of view, we're close to breaking the back of the filming side of things. But... What is your take home on the health of the city? I know I kind of asked the question before, but I didn't really get a direct answer from anyone. Like you've you've seen huge events. Like, do you think that there's is is it going to carry elsewhere? Like, is this going to carry on, or was this just one guy who's got the the, the reach to do this? The, the, what's I, I remember saying to this to you guys before I left. What stood out for me, and obviously I, I wasn't in LA. I, I was only at the in, in New York side of things. Was just how huge and inclusive and positive the whole event was now you know we've both been we've we've all been in genres similar to this where it all gets a bit bitchy people are you know aren't enjoying themselves as much necessarily i couldn't believe the extent to which there was inclusivity there was acceptance and a wide range of music of which everyone was enjoying what they were listening to and people yeah and the the people it didn't matter who you met and completely different backgrounds, everyone just being there for one reason, which was just to enjoy themselves and just to be accepted into what they were doing. So if you were asking me for sort of a take-home in terms of healthiness, I'd say it's there. I'd say it's the market is whatever you want it to be. There are definitely There's definitely a market. If we're taking the UK, I'm sure there's a hidden number of people out there who would absolutely love to be able to have gone and experienced what we experienced. It's just being able to bring it to them, I think, because a lot of people, especially nowadays, they can't afford that element of travel and to be mm-hmm. and being able to, like like Limo says, if you build it, they'll come. It's absolutely true, but I think you find that there are a few of us who are lucky enough to be able to do it, but others who certainly can't. I think it's healthy. I think it's good, but I, the main take home for me was I was bowled over at just how un, how unbelievably positive the whole experience was. I was, yeah, you, I, you've I not stopped it. saying this since you've been back in fairness. I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely it loved it. It was mad as well. It was mad as well, like continuing on from what you're saying, Martin. It was mad as well because it was like people were just so hungry for it because it wasn't even just like you had the tape swap and you had the uh and then you had econ. It's like you had you had two other events popping up and there was people just going to every single thing, the community meetups, just everything, like and just just so people were just oh like Tom's come back in. Um people were just like so hungry for uh, for this, for this, because because like these kind of things just don't happen that often. Maybe once a year, you know. Maybe you know. Obviously, when the first econ happened, it was twice. You know, twice in one year. But one was in New York, one was in LA. Not everyone would have been able to get there. Mm. Like, and yeah, it's interesting you're saying about the build it and they will come thing, David. Because I think it's like I think in the states that's definitely true. 
is that build it and they will come like there will be people will come because but i i'm 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 just i'm not sure that it's quite at that stage yet in europe which is ironic given how close europe is to everything and and each each other you know actually in amsterdam it, it takes an hour you know? I, actually, I don't even think that, and maybe I'm speaking for Limo here, I don't even think it's just about building the main show. I think it's people like Indy, for example, putting on pre-events. And then they had events all weekend on the Sunday, like other organisers put on parties. It was basically became a weekend festival. And it, it just happened that the main venue was the the venue for Electronicon. Yeah. But they had shows and kind of pop up tape swaps. But that's such a like good that thing as well. as well. But that's that's such a good thing as well because it's like you have you have this big event and then but then surrounding it you have all these people traveling from from different countries, from different parts of the states, from different parts of the world. They're all going to be in this place at once. Why why would you not capitalize on everyone being mm. there? And, you, know, you know, I'm gonna look at this from a comparison from where we were at 2019 during Econ 2 to Econ 3 in 2022. Is that when we're in now? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. So, you know, I would, I'll, I'll say Econ 2, we were at an all-time high as far as Vaporwave, in my opinion, in the hype. Um, 2020 was such a interesting time. COVID was such an interesting time for the genre. You know, I released two records in 2020. In my opinion, probably my most popular um, and I still think, was it the time to release it? You know, I, I still think back because there was such a weird time where people weren't able to go out or do any of that. And I, I'll be honest, I saw the genre dying uh, during that COVID time. And I just saw tape sales across going down. Um, overall hype was kind of low. Not many big, big albums coming out. But the one thing that really started to save the genre was everyone doing these online shows. Yeah. All these online shows, and Vince, you and I discussed this a lot in Length in LA. It gave all these smaller artists opportunities to learn how to do a live set, yeah. to do a real show, to make Vaporwave come to reality. And I'll tell you what, there's been so many great sets I've seen in the last two years through all these online shows that it's really building a lot of confidence in these smaller artists. And, you know, the bigger artists, yeah, they're, they're having a lot of shine. They're getting the econ shine. They're getting, you know, other other ways of getting money through Spotify or their records or just whatever else. But these smaller artists that are learning to use their own music or to use other Vaporwave artists' music and create incredible DJ sets, you know, it's really, it's kind of more of a, a incline, in my opinion. It's hyping up. It's really, it's really on an upward trend with all of these other artists learning to bring it out and come come live once COVID is over. So now where we're at and we're seeing, you know, a lot of these artists were performing at this tape swap and the other shows that were happening around the tape swap. And, you know, a lot of them are getting really good. And there's a lot of really interesting sounds coming, not just Babe Wave. There, you know, you heard a lot of different genres at that tape swap, probably every genre. Jungle, jungle, your drum and bass sets. Jungle, trap, you know, I heard some metal in some sets. Uh, There's so many other artists now that are learning to bring it to life and are bringing these artists, bringing these sets to reality. Now, what I see happening 
you know, George put out a, a tweet that said uh, electronic on four will never happen or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's probably a lie. But what it is, is it's kind of getting everybody else thinking. And I know Indy was talking about this with you guys. Like, let's work together. Let's band together. Let's get these labels together and, and build something through that. Because let's, let's face it, no one's going to be able to do what Electronic On is doing right now, right out the gate. It's going to take an amalgamation of everybody across the globe to come to one place and do it together. And I, I, I truly think that we have some people within the scene that can really spearhead this kind of thing. And I think it's already happening. Uh, you know, My Pet Flamingo, uh, Utopia District, Business Casual, Geometric Lullaby. There's so many huge, great labels right now that can really come together and be like, hey, let's come up with the location. Let's get uh, these artists going. And then it's going to snowball from there. So really, you know, I, I started Vaporwave in 2015 as a long game. You know, I, I saw a lot of parallels between punk music and Vaporwave. And that's why I got in really early because I wanted to make sure in 20 years from now I was in Vaporwave and it was a genre that was emerging. And so looking five to 10 years, I definitely think there will be big festivals that are going to be annually. Um, not just Vaporwave. I could see a Vaporwave slash Future Funk festival happening uh, annually. Maybe a traveling festival. Who knows what it could really be. Um, well, I'm I mean, very excited. I mean, I'm excited about the, the future of the genre now. I wasn't too excited in 2020, but right now, after seeing how we bounced back from the the, the COVID and how, how we're compared to other genres, I think there's something special happening. Well, you're inspiring me. And it sounds like you're talking about Flamingo Fest IRL as well, because that's going to be one thing. And the, the idea about collaboration... Oh, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm there. Well, you're going to be playing, mate. You're going to be playing. It's, yeah, it's absolutely right. right. The collaboration aspect is essential, and it's not just My Pet Flamingo working with um, Utopia District. It's going to have to be pulling in other labels as well and making it, you know, like putting the, the, the best minds, the hard work ethic of, of these people who, in many cases manage to hold down full-time jobs and do this stuff mm. and it's a labor of we all, yeah we all want the same thing we all want you the know same everyone thing. wants to build it everyone wants it to happen and that's that's really what's so important tom you managed um, to jump back in yeah yeah uh, what's your take i mean we, we where we got to was like the take-homes from well we were there and you weren't necessarily obviously you weren't there in in, in person but like where the scene is at and where it's heading. Yeah, I, mean, I got a sense of scale, right? Like the, this event was big, really big. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's kind of our our job, like here in in the UK or Europe, to kind of to to try and try and up our game, I guess, like rise to their level. I think that's fair, and I think our plan certainly. We've only been putting on small shows for now, so the first show we did was 150. We're looking at a similar capacity for the second event, which is in November. Tickets are running out for that one. We'll link in the description. But the, we, we're, we're aiming to get a bigger show on in March, uh, where we we've got a we think we've got com- confirmed big name from America coming over to play, which will be absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, and then later in the summer 
perhaps around the time that the film's coming to its end, we're able to do community screening with fans. I think that would be a nice thing for the film and then cap that weekend off with a, with Flamingo Fest IRL. That's the plan. Obviously, we're going to have to do a lot of um, planning and discussions with Indy and others about making that a reality, but that's currently the, the way things are heading for us. And I think that'll be exciting. But, you know, again finding a location where we can pull in good numbers we're not going to get four or five thousand people there like george or young bay did but if we can get a good big show where we can encompass the best of all of these various disparate subgenres of vaporwave i think that will be amazing thing and it, it's it's about step by step uh entering into that kind of market of putting on big shows and i think that you know the more the merrier I encourage anyone and everyone to put on shows wherever they already are. Like people like Skeleton Lipstick have been putting on great shows for ages. I wish I could get out to one of them. Even it's if it's just small ones as well. Even if it's just yeah. people that are doing stuff quietly and there's tons. Yeah, the, the, it's it, it, it's it's a reason to get up and leave the house, which we can there now do. In, by the way. Um, in Newcastle the other day in the UK, which yeah, yeah. If, if it didn't have a small kid at home, I, I would have been up there. But yeah, like wicked that, that things are happening. It looked amazing as well. Did it? Yeah, yeah, it looked amazing. I saw the footage online as well. David, appreciate your time. I guess we've held you in your van for a couple of hours while uh, you've been waiting to to head off and get on with your day. But can we just before you go, have you got what what are you working on at the moment? Are you um have you got yeah. anything exciting in the pipelines? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the track for the compilation's done. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a mall soft track. I, you know, I, I, like I told you before, I have, I have a couple hundred tracks already just done in the vault. And I, I luckily had a um, a couple remixes already done a little bit. So I just kind of had to sharpen them up, throw them in the mall. And uh, you should be getting an email this weekend about something. So yes. we'll see if you like it, see where we go from there. I, I love that. Um, throw them in the mall. I love that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's just do. That's, is that an effect chain, is it? Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, I already have the mall cool. presets already, and I just throw in, see what sounds good in the mall. It doesn't sound good. We'll go from there, really. So that should be fun. And then, you know, I I've talked to you, to you guys about it a little bit. I, I already have, I have two albums completely done, sitting on. But I just right now with the vinyl uh, delays across everywhere, I've just been kind of waiting on it. I was planning on releasing something in 2022, but I just kind of there's no rush really. So have a couple done I'm, I'm working on a third one of them is a mall soft album that's complete second one's like a a, a desert themed a little bit of like a, a national park desert themed album nice uh, mm. a little something different but it's very cool and then the third one is also another mall soft album that, that it's, it's in the works we'll see where that that goes but you know we'll, we'll see uh what happens with that i know we, we talked a little bit about the uh, mall soft album so I'll definitely be sending you something with uh, the track as well. So awesome. I know Jay saw a little bit. Jay saw a little bit of a preview of some artwork in New York. So we'll That's see. Sick. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of. It's it's interesting for me. You know, where I want to go with the uh, next releases, and um, I worked yeah. with some great labels already, and uh, I like to just work with as many labels as possible, and just you know, spread myself as far as I can. Um, but you know, I, I I've definitely had a lot of fun working with you guys as well in the past so you guys are like family at this point so definitely you know, it's always it's always nice to, to work with somebody you trust so it's awesome exactly. very excited for the compilation album and to hear all the artists yeah. and see what they come up with 
I'll share some of the stuff with you. It'd be cool. Yeah, um, the artwork, yeah, the artwork is to. stunning as well. The artwork looks good. Yeah, Ooh, I want to. I want to see that. Yeah, I want to see that. So yeah, that's where we're at. I guess we'll see you probably for Flamingo Fest IRL next year if we don't see you before. Um, and uh, yeah. Left I gotta get out there. I gotta get out. To, I gotta I was get out. Gonna say you come over, man. Well, yeah. If you, you're yeah, more than welcome seriously. to come over, we'll 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 put a show together and um, we'll have, yeah. we'll have to have you play. It'd be great. Let the me way, know. Let me know what set the, sh- of the tapes. What was unreal? Yeah. Let me know what shows you got coming up. I'll bring a mall soft set this time. Sweet. Change it up. Put me like an opening set or something to, cool. to open it up a little bit. But yeah, let me know what you got coming out. I definitely want to get out to UK. And for everyone who's listening, thank you for sitting through. Um, this was episode 10 of series one. We're going to wrap this series up with this episode and uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with the start of the next series. Just a little reminder for people who weren't already aware, October the 7th, which is Bandcamp Friday, sees the release of Winner's Circle. We've got a special Club Flamingo edition, which has uh, got alternative artwork inspired by the Hard Day's Night cover by the Beatles, and as well as the uh, a couple of standard variants for that as well. Uh, and we've got so much more exciting stuff to come. The vinyl pipelines do seem to have cleared a little bit. We've just taken delivery of a ridiculous number of records, something like 3,000 three or four thousand slabs of wax have arrived which is almost so full that you can barely get in and out of it now so um damn we'll um yeah we'll press them hopefully it's a lot of frisbees it's a lot of frisbees it's good to hear it's a lot of plastic yeah a lot of licorice should we also mention uh 12th november london cat system corp future sounds oh yeah do you know i booked the airbnb for for cat system corp and he's coming along with someone else uh who may well turn out to be a special guest on the show who mm. knows what yeah but um yeah i'll say no more about that for now but we booked the airbnb the flights are booked um the show is on the 12th of november features cat system corps uk live debut we've got sets from eve.xc pizza hotline donor lens iverson Am I missing anyone? Special guest? Yeah, you and me, you me, and, me, me and you are doing something. You and you and Patrick Fakeman. And we might even we might even throw out some Vaporwave three piece sweet style back to back to back to finish off the to night. finish off the evening. Yeah, it could be fun. Future dash sounds uk tickets yeah we'll link for tickets as well there's link not many tickets. left to be fair it's, just, right. it's a, quite a tight capacity because there's a lot of events on in November so we just went for something um, modest. Crazy packed cozy it was where we were going to put the first show on originally but um mm. we ended up going to the post bar in tottenham but this is a slightly more i think it's a slightly more favorable location hoxton for people in london i think it's a, it's a lovely little place we filmed your interview and we filmed the interview with Allo city records that's there, right so it's and it's great pizza next door and i think we need to do tom's thing where we'll, we'll try and get a special future sounds pizza for the I evening i think it's going to be a pizza hotline pizza Ooh. yeah 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 Call the pizza hotline. There we are. We'll see you on the other side.